Welcome in to another edition of MCM Draft Radio. I am Jimmy Morris, joined by Justin Mello. Justin, how are you tonight? I cannot complain, sir. Happy that the Senior Bowls finally arrived. Yeah, man. Got some got some on-the-field stuff to talk about, so that's pretty cool. Uh, so we're going to get into all that. Had a few questions from Twitter today, so we'll try to hit those. And that'll be mainly what we do this episode, and then talk about a few guys that are at the Senior Bowl. Um, this is the MCM radio feed, so you'll be hearing us and our good friends that do the F words and other or football and other F words podcast. I know they've got a couple of new episodes uh, that I think they've already taped that they're going to release in the next few days. Uh, so be looking for those. And again, if you want to get all these episodes as soon as they're available, just subscribe uh, to the MCM radio feed, and you'll get all of this stuff there. Uh, you can also follow us on Twitter. I'm at J Morris MCM. And Justin is at Justin M underscore NFL. Uh, so like I said, we had some questions today uh, that we were asked on Twitter. So I'm going to kind of throw those at Justin and get his um, expert opinion on these things. Uh, all right. So Jonathan Joyce asked if Montez Sweat is available at 19. Should the Titans pounce? Uh, hey, Jonathan. Uh, you know, Jonathan's a, you know someone I know as well. Does, does some work for the draft diamonds, I believe. But. Um, you know, Montez Sweat's a hell of a player. So, I mean, it really depends how the board kind of falls. But he's someone who, by all accounts, was very good today. First day of the Senior Bowl, uh, of course, for him, which really doesn't surprise me that the reviews are coming in, um, you know, so strongly for him because he's someone I really love on tape. Very explosive guy. You know, first step's incredible. One of the more powerful edge uh, defenders I've watched. Uh, so far in this class. So I uh, really, really like him. I think he's definitely in play at number 19. All right, second question from Andrew uh, at underscore Andrew underscore 31 on Twitter. Who is the better inside offensive line prospect, Garrett Bradbury or Chris Lindstrom? Ooh, great question. I'm going to go with uh, Bradbury. He is, in my opinion, uh, the best interior offensive lineman in this class. So for me, I have to say, him. Hey, I'm a big fan of Lindstrom as well. Don't get me wrong, but when it, you know, when it comes to Bradbury, I, I find him to be someone who is very technically developed, very smart player. You know, ahead of his age, great in the run game, which you know, you know, Titans can certainly use if we're looking at it from that perspective. He's someone who, you know, is really good with his hands. That's sort of how he won the majority of the time in college for me. Uh, I think he could play in the in the Titans system as well. You know, assuming Arthur Smith. Uh, you know, keeps things similar to what LaFleur ran. I just see him as a very, very smart player. Thinks ready to start immediately. Lind- Lindstrom, you know, I like as well. Don't get me wrong. He's someone I'm high on. But, you know, it's a bit of a tough evaluation for me personally just because, you know, BC, if you watch their offense, Boston College, of course, you know, very run-heavy, a lot of rollout, not very traditional NFL passing offense that they ran there. So for me right now, it's Bradbury, and I'm pretty sure that'll you know remain my answer throughout the process. So let me ask you this, just kind of going on down the the Bradbury road for just a minute here. Um, our, our friend Superhorn on Twitter today is you know he was he was uh, hyping up the Bradbury train. I think he's ready for the Titans to take him at 19, kind of regardless of what else is there. Uh, I am of the opinion, and we talked about this in our last episode, I, I think you feel the same way that I do, that edge rusher is a bigger need for this team than interior offensive line. But there are quite a few people on, on the, the Titans' Twitter side that seem to have, have gathered the steam that, yeah, you got to get this offensive line fixed. Um, you know, If you can fix those problems, that can help a lot of other things. And, and I don't necessarily disagree with that. 
But just the way that I look at it, I feel like you should be able to find an interior offensive lineman, you know, in, in day two or three that can come in and, and can play for you, can be serviceable, can do the things that you need them to do. Whereas I think it's harder to find an, an edge rusher on those days. Do, do you have a kind of a similar thought process? Yeah, I would say I agree, Jimmy. I mean, especially when you take into account how deep this draft is at edge, it's historically good, you know, good at, at that position. So it's tough for me to wrap my head around the idea of not coming away with one of those big edge guys at 19. I am a big fan of Bradbury, and I certainly wouldn't hate it if they chose him at 19, but I do think it's a little early, and I wouldn't be shocked if someone like him or Lindstrom, uh, you know, who we also just touched on, is available with a mid-second, and, you know, maybe the Titans can move up if they feel strongly about one of them and, you know, get both, you know, both uh, one of those guys and an edge at 19. So, I'm still, you know, I don't think I'll change my stance this whole time. I, I'm team edge at 19. I really am. Whether that's Sweat or Burns or, or you know, by some miracle, someone like Allen is there, unlikely, but Polite's another guy. So I think they need to get an edge at 19 or D-line at least. I'm high on a couple of the interior guys as well. Yeah, and obviously a, a lot will change once we get through free agency. So some of the opinions that we have now, or, you know, some of the things that we look at as needs now will be different once they sign some guys in free agency. But, again, I, I just don't think – and, again, we talked about this last time, but edge rusher is, is typically not a, a position you can address in free agency or in the middle of a draft. You, you really need to spend kind of a, a premier pick on that. Um, all right, so you're talking about defensive line. That goes right into our next question from Jay Bro. Um, he says, I've heard that this is a deep D-line, D-end draft. Do you think we would be able to finagle like last year where we can grab a first-round talent on the D-line the second if we spend our first on something else? Uh, hey, Jay. Yeah, I mean, I think it's certainly possible. It's really difficult to say right now, you know, what these evaluators are looking at. You know, I've read mock drafts, you know, from people I respect. You know, I think it was Daniel Jeremiah who didn't have Brian Burns in the first round. You know what I mean? That's crazy to me personally, but stranger things have happened. I think it was his, you know, I think it was his mock draft as well that didn't have uh, Polite in the first round either, the edge rusher out of Florida. You know, those are two guys to me who are first round talents, but, you know, Harold Landry was a first round talent to me last year. So it's difficult. And I, I do see a scenario that's possible where, you know, we've seen it in the past where when, when the position group is as deep as edges this year, sometimes the GM will reach on another position that's not as deep, right? And, and grab an edge later because it's so deep. But, so as I'm saying, you know, stranger things have happened. So whether that's a polite or a burn shockingly becomes available or a sweat as well, you know, in the second round, there are other guys maybe in the second who are interesting, you know, a Chase Winovich uh, out of Michigan, extremely hard worker, you know, uh, you know, great burst out of him, really enjoyed watching the tape on him. You know, Anthony Nelson at, out of Iowa who's a big, big, powerful guy, uh, you know, around 6'7", 270, I believe he is really heavy, heavy-handed guy. So he's another one who may be a second or third round pick that intrigues me. But, but then, you know, I, to wrap up, I do think it's possible, but I certainly wouldn't, you know, it, I wouldn't play with fire in that situation. You know, speaking of Daniel Jeremiah, did you see that Josh Jacobs, he had him going fifth in his, his mock draft? Wow. Yeah. Uh, wow. And listen, listen, I'm a big Alabama fan. I mean, I think most people that, that followed me for a while know that, but I mean, and, and I love Josh Jacobs and I think he will be a good NFL running back, but, Five, that was pretty strong. Yeah, I thought that was really high. I mean, I've watched him and I like him a lot, but, you know, when I think top five running back, I think Adrian Peterson or 
Kerzik Elliott or Sat, you know, Saquon Barkley. I, I I don't see that sort of sort of uh, value in Josh Jacobs. He is the number one running back on my board, but currently I don't even have him in my top thirty-two. To be honest with you, so I mean, number five. Wow, that was probably the first thing that really you know took me aback when I saw that box. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Um, all right, uh, back to questions. Andrew asks, who are some wide receivers that could come in and produce right away? Uh, great question. And, you know, before I before I answer that, I think one thing that's important for us to note is, you know, as we talk about edge and we talk about O-line, you know, the interior, John Robinson offered a first-round pick for Amari Cooper, right? And, you know, it was, it was slightly outbid by the Cowboys because he wanted to swap picks later on. So, you know, Robinson obviously, obviously sees wide receiver as a massive need. I mean, you know, you don't go and offer someone your first round pick for a position that you don't think is a position of need. So while I don't think they'll take a receiver at 19, I think we'd be foolish to write it off. Uh, DK Metcalf out of Ole Miss is my number one receiver. I'm absolutely infatuated with him. I think he's dynamic. Top 10 guy on my board. I don't think he'll be around at 19, but it is possible, right? He's not getting quite the talk that, uh, you know, most premium receivers get at the top. Uh, you know, Kelvin Harmon out of NC State's another good one. I think he's a first rounder, unbelievable route runner, uh, you know, really good in and out of his breaks. Also can go get it, you know, great leaper wins those contested catch uh, situations. The guy who had a big day today was Debo Samuel out of South Carolina. I, th- I think I'll touch on him a little bit later, but he's another one who you may be able to get in the second round. You know, I'll tell you, I think this draft, while it may lack um, elite talent at receiver, there are a lot of really good receivers. You know, A.J. Brown out of Ole Miss is another one. Akeem Butler out of Iowa State. Nikhil Harry from Arizona State. So it's a very, you know, Hollywood Brown, you know, Marquise Hollywood Brown, Oklahoma. Talk about speed. He's got it in bunches. So there's a lot of really, really good receivers in this draft. So I think uh, they can definitely get, I think I'd seen a stat earlier this year, something like, I don't know if it was, I don't know if it was Superhorn, as you mentioned earlier, or who it was, but so I think it was eight or nine rookie receivers this past year would have been the second leading receiver on the Titans this season. So, you know, it, it's very clear to me that a rookie receiver could come in and play a very important role for the team immediately. It's just a matter of getting the right guy. Yeah, you know, and we talked about needs the other night, and I think we kind of settled on. I mean, receiver is definitely a need for this team. But I think as you look at it, as we sit here right now, it's probably fourth behind edge, interior offensive linemen, defensive line. Um, and, and, I mean, you know, outside of – I mean, I think actually all of those are pretty close. I think we all just think that edge is going to be the biggest need because, you, you I mean, we already know Iraq is retiring. Derek Morgan is probably not going to be back. Um, and so you just – you really – you need bodies at that, at that position, but you also need talent. I mean, we talked about this, but Sharif Finch, I mean, I think he's a fine player. But I don't think he's he, – you want him to be the guy that's opposite Harold Landry. I mean, I think you want more talent at that position. So that, that's kind of why I think that edge is where it is. And, again, my stance on, the, on receiver is they need to fix that in free agency. That, that, that room is already so young with Corey Davis and Taewon Taylor being, you know, your top two guys there. Tajay Sharp, again, you know, is going into year four but missed the whole season. So I, I don't know. I mean, not, not to say that they won't add. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised at all if they went – receiver at 19 but I think they would be better served to address that position in free agency there, there's going to be plenty of guys out there potentially Golden Tate Adam Humphreys uh, Tyrell Williams John Brown those are all guys that are that are potential free agents that could come in and fix your need for a guy to work underneath run good routes 
and, you know, I got to take the top off the defense. So I think they'd be better served, you know, addressing that in free agency because, I don't know, it seems to me, and I love your thoughts on this as well, that putting another young guy in that room may not be the best avenue to fix that position. I do agree with you, but, yeah, I know, just to make it, I'm not saying I disagree because I do agree, but just to make a counterpoint, and I'm, that's why I'm very, very interested to see how they treat this this offseason. You could make an argument that rookie receivers tend to produce faster or, you know, young receivers tend to produce quicker than young pass rushers do, right? And, and on the flip side, they're really young at pass rushers too, right? You're starting Harold Landry next year for sure. You, you would think at this point he's going to be a sophomore. You know, Finch will be a sophomore, you know, as an undrafted free agent. Your third guy is Kamale Correa, who's still on, you know, his rookie contract. So the edge room is just as young as the receiver room. And I find, you know, outside of your anomalies, your Bradley Chubbs, your Javon Curses, edge rushers, it's rare that they light the league on fire as a rookie. So it'll be very interesting to see what they think about that, in my opinion. Because I think, you know, you may get more production at year one, at least out of a receiver at 19, than you would an edge at 19. So I'm very curious to see what they're going to do with those two positions specifically, because in my opinion, they're both incredibly young and they could both benefit um, by, you know, by some, some veteran talent. But on the flip side, and I think you'll agree, is that um, it's tough to find pass rush help through free agency, right? I mean, teams don't let pass rush help hit free agency most time, most of the time. So uh, you're, you're more likely to find a Golden Tate or Adam Humphreys than you are, you know, a, a D Ford or someone hitting free agency this year. So, again, I can't wait to see what they do at both those spots. Yeah, and that's the thing that's so interesting about all this is the, you know, the positional value and, like you said, where you can find guys. Because that, that's my, again, that goes back to my whole not wanting a tier offensive lineman at 19. Not that I don't think it's that big of a need, because I absolutely think it is. But I just I I, I go back to the to the Mike Munchak days uh, when he was the line coach, not when he was the head coach. But you know when when he was here under Jeff Fisher, and they were just constantly churning out you know mid to late round guys and turning them into guys that ended up going somewhere else and getting paid. Um, and so I, I think I still have that in my mind. That you know you don't need to take a, an offensive lineman that, or an, an interior offensive lineman that high because you can find these guys in later rounds. You, you can develop these guys, um, and then also you know as a Titans fan, remember you know taking Chance Warmack, and that was oh. you know the safest pick you could possibly oh, have. You know, everybody was you know that that's a great pick. He's going to be a, a a Pro Bowler, you know, All Pro, decade guy. I mean, you know that that's oh. what everybody was saying, and then it just didn't. It it didn't uh, it didn't turn out that way as as Terry Lambert likes to say you know he he found Taco Bell and uh, and, and not football so um, you yeah know, that, I, that, I think I'm just kind of scarred from that at this point I I refuse to talk Chance Mac. still in my opinion the worst pick that the Titans have ever made I mean obviously you know at the time didn't seem like one but the way it turned out in my opinion the worst pick they've ever made nothing kills you more than taking an interior lineman top ten who flops the way he did in my opinion but. Well, one thing I will say, and as much as we do need to improve the interior, you know, it, I, I wouldn't say it's a train wreck. I agree they need to improve it absolutely. But just going to your point in terms of developing talent, I mean, if you look at this team right now, I mean, Quentin Spain was an undrafted free agent. They claimed Josh Klein off waivers. I think no matter how much you dislike either of those guys, we can both agree they're pretty damn good for how they got them, right? I mean, in terms of a UDFA in one of them and, you know, just grabbing Klein off waivers. So they've done an okay job there finding talent uh, that other people passed over. So it'll be interesting. And then, you know, and there's some flexibility there, right? Corey Levin 
played some meaningful slaps. Uh, I'm sorry, some meaningful snaps this year and played well. And you know, I think they like Ken, uh, Dennis Kelly at tackle, but he has that ability to play inside. Kevin Pamphil has a, a pass playing inside, so they have a lot of options there. So it'll be interesting again to see how highly, uh, you know, or how much they think they need an interior line. Yeah, it's like you're saying. I mean, that, that and again, just to wrap this up. That that's kind of my argument against it at 19 is there are all these other avenues where you can find these guys um, where I don't think they're necessarily there as many avenues to find pass rushers. So anyway, uh, moving on to our last questions from Josh at Titans fan underscore 42. It just, he says this is not senior bowl related, but he's interested in hearing about potential edge options that might be around at picks 19 and 51. Uh, You've already already talked about some guys at 19. Uh, what What do you think mid second round could be there? Mid-second round. Well, I've already touched a little on Anthony Nelson, but he's the guy out of Iowa who I am uh, who I am fairly high on. You know, he is at the Senior Bowl, so he has a chance to um, to take a step forward there. But this is a guy who's incredible, incredibly large man, six seven, two seventy, listed on uh, Iowa's website on Iowa's page. Uh, very, you know, when I, I put the tape on, very heavy-handed guy. You know, great length, obviously, with that size. He carries his weight well. A uh, very good run defender, more of a, I would say, more developed as a run defender right now than a pass rusher. But he he does have a good arsenal of pass rush moves. Very effective bull, especially, uh, you know, guy whose who's motor is very, um, you know, it's always on. Another guy who I thought was a little bit interesting is Christian Miller. You'll be familiar with him out of Alabama, the edge rusher there, 6'3", 240. Uh, you know, has a good variety of moves as well. I You know, I, the cross chop is probably his go-to. It's a pretty, pretty good one as well. Another guy I'll mention at 51, I would say, is I, I touched on a little bit, is Chase Winovich out of Michigan. You know, kind of your typical, uh, you know, brings his hard hat to work guy. Excellent, unbelievable motor, but it's more than that. You know, good burst off the line. Um, uh, long, I've seen him use the long arm quite a bit successfully. He was very, very good this past year against Penn State and Notre Dame. If you've had a chance to watch either of those games, Michigan, Penn State, and Michigan, Notre Dame, he jumps off the screen. Very good player who certainly won't be a first-round pick, so he might be a guy. Uh, worth looking at at 51. Yeah, and I mean, again, this is the conversations I think we're going to be having because, like I said, I, I think you're looking at a receiver and maybe even interior offensive line in, in free agency, and they're going to try to spend the draft picks on the defensive line, uh, the edge guys. So that, that's that's kind of what I think we'll be talking about once, you know, we, we've been through all that part of the process. All right, so give us a few guys that you haven't touched on yet that as Titans fans we should be watching you know, this week during practice and then during the game on Saturday. Uh, sure. Um, even though, and I don't think secondary is a big need for the Titans, but I'll mention two guys who have caught my eye. And you know, secondary is one of those positions where it never hurts to keep the cupboard, the cupboard full. You know, and who knows how long Malcolm Butler is going to be around and, and Logan Ryan, right? So you, know, you can draft a guy in round five or six and have him for three years down the road. Jimmy Moreland, cornerback out of James Madison, earned the call to the Senior Bowl after he put on a show at the East-West Shrine game. So it wasn't originally scheduled to be there, but impressed people. Also important to mention, the Titans met with Moreland at the end of day one, so I'm not just grabbing him uh, completely out of thin air. Uh, you know, people wouldn't stop talking about him at the East-West Shrine game. Strappy guy was flying around all over the field, hitting everyone, talking a lot of trash, too, from what I heard. Very productive guy, 63 career pass breakups. 18 interceptions, six of which he returned for touchdowns. So very good guy, uh, you know, very interesting player. Big week for him to quiet the small school and size concerns. Another player who I'm totally um, infatuated with, I haven't heard enough about throughout the process, is a safety from Maryland by the name of Darnell Savage. 
you know, I've scouted a ton of guys in this class already. I'm not sure I've had more fun watching a single game tape than I had watching Savage against Temple this year. Unbelievable player. Uh, you know, fires like a missile, covers ground in a hurry. I, I saw him, you know, play in deep safety and, and come down to the line of scrimmage covering, you know, all that ground in two, three seconds and, and hitting the running back for a loss. Really interesting player, incredibly physical, um, great in coverage as well, not just a guy to play near the line. So he's someone I'm incredibly high on uh, at this time. Another guy we did not touch on, but if they do decide to look at interior at 19 is Dalton Risner out of Kansas State. He's someone who's there at the Senior Bowl this week. I think he's more of a right tackle than an interior lineman, but I think a team could put him at interior with success for sure. Uh, very strong guy. You know, I, I noticed when I put the tape on that teams don't really, uh, or, sorry, opposing players don't really give him issues when they try to bull him. He dropped his anchor and he has no issues handling it. Very, very tough physical guy. I watched an interview with him earlier today. Uh, was very, very impressive. You can tell he's got the right mentality. Uh, to play O-line. I'll mention two other O-line. Oh, sorry, Debo Samuel I want to touch on as well. I didn't really get into him later. He had a big, big day today, excellent weigh-in, and was uh, fantastic in practice as well from all accounts. This is a guy who's a great, great route runner. Again, he's sort of uh, ahead of his time in that area. You know, sells breaks well, uh, manipulates corners. Just a very, very good player. Good, Great against zone as well uh, from, what I, from what I noticed. You know, someone who can sort of find the soft spots there and get open. Another a guard out of oh, oh, two guards actually out of Oklahoma. The first I'll mention is uh, Drew Samia. He's there at the Senior Bowl as well. Very very strong guy. Terrific core strength. He's also a very good athlete for his size. I think he's someone. Um, you mentioned if you know the Titans look maybe at O line at fifty one. He could be a guy there. And his teammate Ben Powers, another guy who's at the Senior Bowl from Oklahoma. Another guard there. Another guy who's incredibly incredibly tough and handles the ball. Uh, really well. I think he's another guy who you, you may be uh, able to get in the second uh, or third round. So that's another guy I would say to touch on. Yeah, absolutely. The one question, we hadn't really talked about this, but I thought I'd throw it at you anyway. Um, what are your thoughts on the potential of moving Jack Conklin to guard? I know that's something that has been kind of kicked around, you know, the, the two-tone Twitter. Um, you know, and Conklin was asked about it at one point during the season and said, absolutely not. I'm a tackle. I've always been a tackle. Um, but, you know, just with as well as Dennis Kelly played last year with the struggles that Conklin had, um, you, you know, what do you think about moving him to guard, playing Dennis Kelly at right tackle, and then maybe if you keep Ben Jones around and move him to guard, you bring in a new center. What do you, what do you think about attempting to, to fix the offensive line that way? I can understand why fans are, um, you know, curious by that, just because, you know, Conklin had a rough time this year at right tackle and Kelly did it so well. But no, I'm not, I'm not a fan of that, you know. I agree with Conklin. He's a tackle. I don't think he's ever played guard in his life. So, and I think some people underestimate how difficult that transition is. It's not as simple as moving a, you know, a few inches to his left and all of a sudden he's a guard. Uh, so I, I'm not a fan. I think he's a tackle. I think the Titans need him to be a tackle. I think they drafted him to be a tackle. I'm also giving a, a bit of a pass on this past season. You know, it was very difficult for him, you know, tearing the, his ACL in that playoff game against New England and then, you know, coming back, I think it was week six when he came back and, you you know, trying to adapt to a whole new scheme after not playing for so long. I think it's a very tough situation he was in. So I think he's a tackle. I wouldn't consider that. I think you'd actually have a better, uh, I think you'd have a better luck moving Kelly to guard and playing him there because he's actually played guard in his career. Right? I believe he spent some time at guard with Philadelphia before the team acquired him. So I, I, th I think that's more realistic than, uh, than putting Conklin out at guard. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, if you just remember, you know, the Titans moved up in that draft to get Jack Conklin at yeah. eight, I think it was. I mean, you know, it gave a lot to get him. And as good as he was his rookie year as a tackle, uh, like you said, I, I, I think people forget sometimes how important it is for, you know, continuity and all that stuff with the offensive line, guys to be out there getting reps together, all that stuff. And, you know, Jack Conklin was obviously around for the for the all of the installation of the offense and that kind of stuff, but wasn't able to get any, you know, physical reps with the team really until he came back to practice a week or two before he was back on the field. So, um, you, you know, I think that was largely, you know, what, what had to do with his struggles this year and then just not being back fully healthy, new system, all that kind of stuff. So I, I'm kind of willing, like you're saying, to wait and see on that. They need him to be good. If this offensive line is going to be good next year, you need, you know, Lawan and Conklin to be those bookend tackles that, you know, after, after Conklin's rookie year, we thought, hey, we've got our next, you know, Michael Roos and David Stewart. Um, you know, if Titans fans remember back to when those guys were here, and I mean, you just you'd have to worry about that position for a, those positions for a long time. So hopefully, you see a similar deal there. But yeah, Kelly did play guard some. I, I know in Philadelphia, um, that just you know the, the thought of Dennis Kelly inside a guard. He's such a big dude. You know, I yeah. think that, that that looks kind of funny. But I don't know. It's just about getting the best five guys on the field. And, and you know, Vrabel showed last year that he's willing. Um, you know, in game to move Ben Jones out to guard and in that game where he sat Spain down and then Levin came in and played center. So, I mean, I think he's willing to look at some things, but I think you're right. I think at the end of the day, um, Jack Conklin's a tackle. He's going to be a tackle for this team. He's going to sink or swim in that position. I don't, I don't think they move him to guard, but I was just curious. Yeah. Your thoughts on that? Because like I said, I've, I've seen a bunch of people say that. And like you're saying, I think everybody just assumes that, Hey, you know, playing guard and tackle are basically the same thing. And if a guy – and you see a lot of guys, too. I mean, to be fair, you see a lot of guys that play tackle in college that play guard in the NFL. But in that, that's more due to not having the physical attributes to play NFL tackle, isn't it? And we know Jack Conklin has Absolutely. Those. Exactly, right? When a guy makes that transition, it's more because, you know, I don't think he has the foot speed to hold up at tackle at the next level. I think that's usually the case. And that's why someone like a Dalton Risner, who I touched on, uh, was excellent as a right tackle in college, but some teams may be looking at him as a guard because the foot speed's a bit of a question with him. So, but as you said, Conklin's a tackle. I mean, that phenomenal rookie season had a pretty good sophomore season as well. You know, in, in my opinion, maybe it wasn't as good as rookie year, but was still a very good year as a sophomore. So uh, I think he's a tackle. As I said, as you said, they gave up a bunch to get him. They moved up to eight. Uh, you know, sink or swim, he's a tackle. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so that'll do it for tonight. Uh, we'll be obviously watching Senior Bowl, and then we'll be back next week with a recap of, of some stuff that, that has gone on at the Senior Bowl. Um, you know, I mean, I think practices are just as important, if not more important, in the game. Um, but we'll try to get a recap going with Justin next week on that. Um, see, who's, we'll probably talk some, you know, stock rising and falling type guys uh, from the week down in Mobile. Uh, so in the meantime, you can follow Justin on Twitter at Justin M underscore NFL. Uh, he had a lot of thoughts today on things that are going on in the Senior Bowl, and I'm sure he will throughout the week and during the game. So follow him there. You can follow me. I'm at Jay Morris MCM. And again, this is uh, the MCM radio feed. So if you're looking for us on iTunes, you can just search us out there, subscribe there, and you'll get these episodes as soon as they're available, as well as the guys, football and other F words. And again, those guys do a great job. And uh, they'll have some new episodes coming out pretty soon. So, Justin, thanks so much for jumping on tonight. And or Jimmy, always a pleasure. Absolutely. So uh, we'll try to get another episode out for you next week. 
Uh, in the meantime, you can also check us out at MediaCityMiracles.com. Uh, Justin has a lot of great interviews with guys going up there. So you can check his work out as well there. So for Justin Mello, I'm Jimmy Morris saying thanks for listening, and we will talk to you again next week.